Now then, we're back. I'm back. Um, bit of a confession to make this week. Um, I've dropped the ball. Uh, <laughs> I'm back because I've been away on holiday, a little Airbnb, supposed to be in Greece. Uh, couldn't get there or the wedding was off for obvious reasons. So we had a little break in an Airbnb in the Peak District. You'd think August in the UK would get some decent weather, but four days straight, they've basically, apart from last day, pissed it down. Uh, it was nice to get away with family, a bit of chill time, a bit of downtime, put the phone on, do not disturb. Uh, basically, I didn't miss a lot. Um, so it was great. But I'm back straight into work, behind on the bod- Bobcast even. It is now tempest nine on the Tuesday night and it's due for release at 1am <laughs> tomorrow. So bear with me. Competition wise, um, still haven't got that announced yet. The winners, I apologise, I'm behind. It will be done next podcast, uh, but apologies again on that for the Brewers vouchers. The news I mentioned in the last one of the upcoming stuff, we have a new a Bobcast coming out as long or Along with these regular Bobcasts, me, myself, Scott Barney are going to do a monthly one where we're going to invite people to call in and we'll discuss relevant topics. We're going to do it once a month, if I remember right, first Monday in every month, which will make it 6th of September, 8pm. Put, put it in your diary. If you want to take part, you can call us up, call in, on zero seven nine zero two five seven one four one four. Just join in. Uh, you know, talk about anything that's relevant in the trade. They'll be released at the end of the month. We'll do one a month if it goes well. Release it at the end of the month. All the content might not make it because if we get someone ringing up Effin and Jeffin and just having a general rant, it ain't going to get on it. Uh, but you know, if it's a genuine topic, somebody wants to brooch that's current whatever it may be you know paint companies yeah corona how it's affecting work you take on different things social media whatever just give us a call like i said zero seven nine zero two five seven one four one four and we'll have a queue system where we'll get rid of me and scott will kick it off so put the note in your diaries monday the 6th of september 8 p.m uh, hope to see you there. But in the meantime, this episode, Russ Payne, based down in West Midlands, RDP Painters, and also RDP Business Academy. So we know the score, pin back your lugs, get a brew, put your feet up, give us a listen, and as always, we'd appreciate your feedback. Welcome to this episode of the Brothers of the Brush podcast, a podcast by decorators for decorators with me, your host, Chris Kerfoot. So, on this week's episode, we have Russell Payne. That's Payne, not Russell Kane, the comedian. Russell Payne, <laughs> based down in West Midlands. Hi, Russ, how are you doing? I'm good, Chris. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Busy. Keeping busy. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, pre-record, you you were saying you were in September, which is uh, pretty hectic. I'm August and you're September. It's, do you find this year's been, because of everything that's gone on, you're busier because people are spending money at home? Yeah, I think so, mate. Is it, the demographics changed a little bit. Um, normally, I do a mix of commercial and domestic. Um, the commercial's absolutely dead. I haven't got anything commercial on the books whatsoever at the moment. Um, but I think, again, that, that's the businesses holding on to their money. But the, the private side, I'd say, has tripled. Yeah. Um, I mean, we normally run uh, anywhere between four to five months in advance on a, on a bad year. Um, at the moment, I'm six, seven, uh, potentially. If a couple of jobs that I've quoted recently come in, probably looking at eight months in advance. Yeah. So, yeah, it's incredible, really, considering how uncertain things are. Do you, but, do you find um, do you find commercial stuffs are hanging on to money because of COVID or because of Brexit or both? I'm not sure. I think because of COVID. Um, yeah. I, when the first lockdown came along, I actually thought that we could have an influx of businesses such as pubs and restaurants because I used to do a lot of pub and restaurant refurb. Yeah. And I thought, being that they knew they had to shut and they were getting the grants, I thought a few of them might take the opportunity to actually have a refurb done. Yeah, but it just didn't happen. So yeah, I'm, I'm surprised at that. There's a, there's a few near near us getting done, and I've actually got a guest house to do. It rung me. I've got outside to do, which it won't interfere with running. But it rung me up today. I think 15th of May is it? They they can open. It says yeah. uh, I've, I've got some Sapili doors. Is there any chance you can spray them all before 15th of May? <laughs> I says how many you got? He says I don't know. You best come and have a look. <laughs> I thought I'm going to have a right job fitting them in, but yeah, they're spending money, you know. And I guess I mean, there's the potential now. Hopefully, if this whole roadmap thing actually pans out, there's the potential that there will be that almost like the pre-Christmas rush. So you'll have yeah. businesses now in now that they know. Hopefully, there's some light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. There might be a few businesses that will reach out and go for that. Shit, you know, shit we best get on top of it, ready for being open. <laughs> Yeah, you'd think so. I mean, some of these businesses, especially pubs and that, I mean, they've barely had any use, have they, for a year? So, Well, well that's it. But have they got the money? Because they've had any use. If, I mean, there's one near us. Uh, I'll not set name at Brewery, but it's notorious because Brewery dictate your prices and screw you that far down. You can hardly make the money when you're landlord. Absolutely, mate. I had some experience of working um, when we were doing a lot of pubs and restaurant refurbs at one stage. I was doing a lot of work for a contractor who had the contract for the West Midlands for a particular brewery. Um, yeah. And our job was to go in and get it ready for the tenancy. So it was starting it all up ready um, and then getting it ready to hand over. And I heard a lot of the tales then. It's a dog-eat-dog dog world, isn't it, with the breweries? Yeah, yeah, it's not the best. So we'll, we'll rewind a bit. Who's in the pain household? Uh, there's my wife, uh, wife Angie, um, and then my two kids. Who, they're not here full time, but they're a big part of the house when they are. So, uh, yeah, my son Alfie, who's 14, and my daughter Freya, who's eight. Freya, that's so, only uh, second Freya, I know. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. I've got a friend with a Freya Rose. Freya Rose. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually my daughter's middle name as well. So yeah. They, 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 they must go together. Yeah, their daughter's be coming up seven this year. Same age as my lad. It's not too far out, mate. Like I say, she oh, was eight in December. Yeah, I'm blooming good, aren't I? How old's my lad this year? 
<laughs> just look at tattoo on my arm so I can't forget. My lad will be eight this year, so yeah, Freya will be eight this year as well. <laughs> exactly the same thing, Chris, both arms. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty bad when you have to do that to remember a date, isn't it? <laughs> So, if if you want to just fill us in, what's your story in business? Obviously, we've chatted previously, and I know you're third generation, if I remember right. Yeah, third generation, mate. Um, when it, people ask me how long I've been decorating, I always sort of like to say I was born with a paintbrush in my hand. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I grew up around it. Uh, my granddad started business back in the 60s. Um, and... Uh, yeah, like I say, ever since I can remember, really. Um, I mean, my my mom and dad split up when I was relatively young, and I actually stayed with my dad. Um, so what that meant was, because I was with him, summer holidays, Easter holidays, any half term. Yeah, your your childcare will work. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, it was. Um, so from Christ, from the age of about ten onwards, I was going to work with my dad. Um, and I started off, you know, he'd have me stripping wallpaper or he'd have me pasting and cutting for him while he was wallpapering or eventually work my way up to being able to hold a paintbrush. Um, and uh, one of my earliest memories of the decorating game was he had a chip shop to do uh, on a high street and having people walking past the chip shop while I was painting on the outside of it, just cracking up because I was covered head to toe in paint. So yeah. of, uh, from an early age, mate. Um, and then a bit further down the line from there, I was at left school, uh, decided that there was absolutely no chance I was going to be a decorator. I was going to make something else of myself. I wasn't going to family follow the family line. Uh, when indeed best part of a year working for agencies and working in factories and doing heavy handling jobs because at the time they paid better and I had no idea what I wanted to do with myself. And quickly realised that actually being a decorator is pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> easiest option. <laughs> yeah, that was it. So went back into it um, without getting into a load of family history. I, I stopped working with my dad uh, and I took over the business when I was 17. Yeah. So I took over um, and my granddad at the time, he was retiring. So he sort of came down as I went up and I, yeah. I took it. I had a great start, really. I've got a lot to thank him for. Yeah. Um, so I took his customers off him um, and I had him sort of holding my hand for the first couple of years, really. If I ever had any jobs coming that were a bit complex, yeah. I'd get on the phone, he'd come and, come and work with me and for me. And, and uh, yeah, so I took over things at quite an early age. Really. Yeah, never never put you off working with him then? Like for a year and that's about your lot? Working with my granddad. Well, working with your dad and your granddad, working in coming up in decorating. What 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 I'm getting at is my lads. He he wants to be a decorator, but I'd never I'd never thought. I'd, I'm not saying you was, but I'd never force my kids. And I just think yeah. if I ever work with my lad, it'll be a nightmare because he's he's so OCD, and he'll be coming home saying, "Mom, Dad's not done this. Dad's doing this. He should be doing this." And I just think, what I want to work with my kids. I don't know. I mean. When I was young, I didn't really have any choice, you know, because like I say, I had to go to work with my dad because he had to go to work and I was with him. Um, so I, I just kind of, I guess I fell into the habit at an early age. Um, and then me and my dad uh, sort of went our own ways due to various other issues. Um, and maybe because there was the generation removed with my granddad. We always got on a treat, mate. We, we were yeah. more like 
you know, I, I find mate. I find kids get on a lot better. It's like my my grandparents, my, my parents. They seem because they're retired. They seem to be more laid back with my kids than they was with me because they have more time. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like if if we don't get this if if we don't get this done today, it's like my mum. She'll say to me. Oh, we don't let them watch too much telly when they're at our house, and we think I think yeah, but sometimes at our house they're gonna to have to go and sit watch telly because I've got this to do. My mum and dad mm-hmm. think, well, if we don't do it today, we'll do it tomorrow because we're not at work. You know, they That's find they have they have more time to spend with the kids that they never had time to spend with us when they let's say we're working when we grow up. That was it. I was really lucky to be honest uh, with my granddad because he was old school, you know, old school painter and decorator, learned the trade. Um, he did an apprenticeship back in the day when he came out of the army. Yeah. Um, so getting to work with him that time was brilliant. It was priceless. You know, it's not the kind of education you can get anywhere. Yeah. Um, and he sort of he was pushing me all the way. Uh, you know, we'd, we'd have our odd little spat. Um, <clears throat> and looking back now, I can see things that he was doing to push me onward. That I didn't yeah. really realise at the time. You know, I'd be uh, up at the top of a triple extension ladder and it'd be a casting ticket, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. It's, it's a bit harsh doing that, though. <laughs> oh, you'd, you'd think so. But it, what it was, it was because I was a bit nervous up the ladder, so he was doing stuff to try and get me a little bit more, more confident. But I guess it could yeah. have gone wrong, looking back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that very health and safety then, more it? <laughs> but walk past and kick it or walk past and whack it with his scraper or something. And, uh, oh, we, just... we, had, we had to do that when I served my apprenticeship. If I if I was footing ladder for one of set older blokes, they were what, late twenties. And if yeah. if they were a de- they had this thing, if a decent looking lass were coming up straight, you had to tap right leg with scrape if they were to right or left leg if they were to left, so they could have a, a dog <laughs> like that's they're they're all like late twenties, used to go out drinking, chatting women up, and that's what it were like. I mean, it weren't right, but you know who knows. Maybe that was what he was doing, but I just wasn't in on the uh, in yeah. on the script. Yeah, <laughs> he was trying to scare the crap out of me. To be honest, while I was up the top of the ladder, but uh, no, I've got some great memories, mate, of working with him. I'd, I'd say he retired on me twice. Actually, he sort of, as I say, he came down as I went up, and I, I was working full time. And then he sort of said, no, I'll, "I'll do a few days a week," and then he he started doing uh, like six hour days rather than eight hour days. Then he retired. Then you bring me back up and sort of go, how, how busy are you at the minute? Yeah, yeah, I'm busy. Got room for one more. Um, and he'd come back out of retirement because he decided yeah. he wanted to earn some holiday money. That, that'll be me. Never give up. Work for pin money. Uh, well, that was it. He, I remember him telling me that uh, at one stage after he'd retired, they ended up, he used to go shopping, do his food shopping for him and my nan. Um, and then they also ended up volunteering to do the shopping for my mom and my aunt. So he was going to Morrison's or whatever it was three times a week. <laughs> he yeah. absolutely hated it. And so he'd be on the phone to me saying, look, I'd rather be at work. Yeah, um, that'd be me. He was a character, mate. He, he still, yeah. still used to ride a motorbike to work until he was in his mid-70s. Oh, bloody hell. So, yeah, he, he was salt of the earth, mate. Yeah. But, um so yeah, I had a, had a good grounding in it, really. Yeah. So what's what's been your lowest point in business? Have you had one, or has it just been plain sailing since you took it over at seventeen? No, no, it's been, it's been far from plain sailing. Um, lowest point. Um, I've got a bit of a different outlook on it these days. I, I kind of think of everything that's gone wrong as a lesson. Yeah. Um, 
So I don't really see them as low points. Uh, it's, it's more, you know, things I've learned. But I guess if I had to pick anything out, I remember, uh, as I was talking about earlier, um, doing a lot of work for pubs and breweries at one stage. And um, I had, I think I had three, three or four pubs on the go. And it just wasn't going right. I started losing money due to the contractor that was uh, handling the contract. So as you know, we come in at the very end. And um, what was happening with these contracts was a few of the pubs were having to close for the refurbs. So they were closing for two weeks or three weeks at a time and we'd get a schedule. And obviously, as a decorator, you come in at the end. And they were picking up delays from the chippies, from the sparkies, from whoever it might be. And it was coming through to me. Um, and I was getting my time put down. So I'd just get, oh, Russ, you know, you're meant to be on this pub for 10 days. You've only got seven now. But you're going to have to work, you know, longer hours to get it done. Um, Long story short, after a few sort of two fallings out uh, with the main contractor, I turned around to him and said, "Look, if it happens again, I'm, I'm done." Because um, yeah. he actually threatened to pass a penalty clause onto me if I didn't finish on time after knocking yeah. four or five days out of my schedule, uh, which obviously I refused. So it ended up I actually turned around and said, "Look, I'm done with this. I'm, you know, um, I'm pulling my lads off the job." not happy with how it's going uh, and I, I made the decision to cut my losses but I left myself with six weeks with no work complete empty diary um, and ended up because I had commitments at the time I had bills to pay and it to pay for and all the rest of it ended up going and uh, taking on a load of council work which was Ooh. probably my lowest point <laughs> <laughs> doing council exteriors mate um, oh nice X amount of money per house and I remember, you know, knocking doors and having people moaning that you had to try and get the door open to make the back edge. Uh, and yeah, See, that, that, that's, that where, that's where I started. So yeah, it could, like that, Dareem said, sorry. things could only get better. Yeah. <laughs> so that's so how I started. Doing, doing that work, actually, it, it was horrendous. So it, the bloke put us on the houses for the first week and it was good money. Um, he, he gave us some decent houses where you could make decent money. And then as the weeks went on, it just got tighter and narrower and tighter and the prices were, you know, the, the prices were staying the same. The houses were doubling in size and things like that. Yeah. And they, they sweeten you up to begin with to try and get you in. But uh, I had a great story come out of that. When I turned up, uh, the company I was working for, it was a main company that had the work and they were subcontracting. So I was one of the subbies. There were a couple of other subbies there and one of the other lads, an Irish lad, um, and he'd clocked. He never said a word to me until uh, after that left. I only found out because of the supervisor coming to me, but I'll get to that. Um, this lad had clocked that the supervisor for this company that used to sign the houses up didn't ever get out of his van. So he'd pull up along the road and you'd have, I don't know, you might have had to 15 houses between numbers to 80. Uh, and he'd clock the supervisor, would drive along and he'd just pick them off from his van. What this had done, he'd done his row of houses, 10, 15 houses, whatever it might be. Got them all signed off, got paid, and then vanished. He'd never come back. Uh, and a couple of weeks later... Not the back of them. Exactly, yeah. Supervisor came to me and he said, Russ, I need you to do me a favour. What's that? He said, then, he said, look, if you do this for me, I'll sort you out with some really well-paid work, but I can't actually pay you for the favour. I said, well, what are you on about? What's going on? He said, well, I've got 10 houses where we, we haven't had the backs done and we've paid out for it. And I don't want to tell my boss what's happened because I should have signed them off. Yeah. But he'd only done the front and yeah, he'd done 
done a runner on 10 backs of houses. <laughs> Class. <laughs> yeah, loved it. loved it. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd say that was probably my lowest point, mate. That, that was probably yeah. the closest I ever came to going, oh, okay. I'm, I'm done. Um, <laughs> I lost a fair bit of money on it. And I remember the worst part is when I pulled out of the one pub, I'd had all the paint mixed up. So we'd had it all mixed colours, all into Johnson's paint. Um, and I remember saying to the contractor, I said, look, I'm pulling off the site. I said, but at least, you know, I've had all the paint mixed up. So just pay me retail, pay me what it costs me. And whoever you're going to get in to do this job is going to need this paint anyway. And uh, he basically told me to go away <laughs> and left me with about 800 <laughs> quid that I couldn't do anything with. Yeah. So on site, it all yeah I was, I was raging at the time but um yeah that, that was probably the lowest point mate so so on opposite end at scale what's been the highest point from that uh do you know what that's probably higher than the lowest point to be honest um there's been a series of them there's been a series of them um to get sentimental mate the, the highest point for me with decorating would have been the years i spent working with my granddad yeah because uh that was invaluable you know forgetting value forgetting growing the business or anything like that that was time that you know i'll have forever i'll never you know i'll yeah. never lose um so yeah that was probably the highest point there's been a lot of highs um you know winning good contracts and making the business in the direction i want to take it but uh in terms of like sentimental value yeah that, yeah, that time. It's, it's a bit like me when i work with old boys you know it was the camaraderie of it all you know, it, yeah. it was a bit of, I suppose, easiest thing for me to liken it to a bloody off weeders emperor. You know, you had you had your fallouts, you had your spats, but you all go on and you're a family at the end of the day and it were a good crack. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. There's a lot of memories, mate. A lot of memories, which is great. Um, yeah. And moving, I mean, moving past that, I've had my dad's and me and him, we work together, although he's on the verge of retirement now, I'd say he's struggling. Um, but, yeah, we work together. We've worked together now for maybe the last uh, over ten years. Over ten years, he's been back in the business, but he, he probably contracted to me a lot more than I ever worked for him. Yeah, um, he'd come in on the bigger jobs and that. So we've, we've spent a good deal of time working together as well. Yeah. So what's what's your biggest struggle that you think you could improve on? Is the one? Um, in terms of. Business or skill or well either either business or skills. Um I don't know whether I'd call it a struggle, but the, the one thing I could definitely improve on would be more knowledge when it comes to spraying. Um yeah. so that's the thing that I'm newest to. Uh that that's definitely where I've got room to gain more knowledge in that side of it. Um because it's, it's a trade within a trade, isn't it? Spraying yeah. there's so much to it. Um and I've only scratched the surface really. I'm you know, I'm, I'm happy with what I'm doing in terms of spraying, but there's a hell of a lot more that I can take on. It's a bottomless uh, pit once you go in it. <laughs> yeah. Say, trade oh, within a trade. Op- open your wallet. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you said earlier, you know, that you were painting the sprays. I've definitely put myself in the same category, but probably a few rungs down the ladder from where you're at, really. Yeah. Um, I think probably the first time I started spraying was probably no more than about three years ago. So yeah. still very new to it, learning as I go. Um, but yeah, there's room 
room for improvement on that side of things. Yeah. So when, I mean, this next one's subjective anyway, when did you realise you'd made it, if you have made it? Or is that still to come? <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't made it. Um, <laughs> made it and lost it. <laughs> um, it's a... It's a it's like, a, you know, I find that question a real double-edged sword because I don't want to ever get to the stage where I sit there and think I've made it. And the reason being is because where do I go then? Yeah. What, yeah. what more? Well, that, that's do? why it's subjective because it's everybody's different take on making it, isn't it? That's basically yeah. what it's getting at, you know. Man's, because I found sort of work-life balance. I, I won't say I've made it, but I'm close yeah. to making it because for me, that's 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 what I've, I've set out to do. That's all you can, I think that's all you can aim for, really. That that work-life balance is massively underestimated. Yeah. You know, it is all about work, is it? So, yeah, um, you know, I've made it in terms of certain things, certain key points and, you know, achieving certain things in business, I guess. But overall, no, no, I've not made it. And uh, I'm glad I haven't made it because it's still, gives me the ambition and the, the drive to get up in the morning and go and do something new and prove myself a bit more. You've, you've never made it till you're on the edge of bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was used to joke about. <laughs> yeah. no, the, the, I mean, I don't know. The, you see these multi-multi-billionaires, don't you? And I look at people, and uh, actually one of the lads that he point to sort of point out, have you seen um, the lads that started up the company Gymshark? Yeah, started it from his garage. I know me, my sister-in-law's training to be a personal trainer and everything's Gymshark this, Gymshark that, but yeah. then started it up out of his garage. Yeah, a kid called Brent, Ben Francis, and um, I actually, I work for his parents. So the garage he started in, we do the work on that house, um, and talking to the, his parents and that kind of thing, and uh, there's that angle, isn't there, of Jesus Christ, like he's made it. He's made all that money, like that brand is huge, yet he's still driving forwards. I mean, technically, I'm, I'm sure he could sell the company now and never have to work another day in his life, yet he's still turning up today, I work every day, and by all accounts from what I hear, he's workaholic. Um, but do, you, do you think it's that ethic of, if only I could earn 250 grand next year, and then they get there and then, yeah, I just want to push it to 350. It's like a never-ending sort of cycle. I think that's a sort of like a part of the human condition, isn't it? To always want more. You know, there's yeah. always always a bigger boat in the marina. There's always a bigger bank balance to be had. But yeah. I know with him um, in particular, his dream is to make Gymshark into the same sort of brand as like your Nikes and your Adidas's, and yeah. he wants to reach that level. I'm not sure it's about money. Um, it's about different goals and targets, but. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure really uh, what you could achieve to actually sit back and say, "Right, I've made it." Because then, what do you do at that point? Do you stop? Yeah. Do you, do you fold. fold you're, you're, and, you're, always, you're always chasing a pipe dream, aren't you? I think that's, chasing- that's what motivates you. Majority of times, you think you're chasing a dream. I think that's where these footballers go wrong, in my opinion. I don't do sport, but surely mm. people are laughing at me. Surely you get pissed off with saying, "And you got out bigger, more expensive." They're not, they're not chasing anything. So the only thrill they get now is probably yeah. sleeping with cheap women. Because that's the only <laughs> thrill they can get because they're not getting the thrill of getting a, a, you know, more money because the money's just endless, isn't it? The thing is, Chris, it's a rabbit hole you could go down. I try and educate my son in this. Um, it's a, a deep, dark 
rabbit hole, I believe, that starts at a really young age in terms of education and the goals that you're taught yeah. from a really young age, you're taught to pursue wealth and cars and ha- uh, happiness coming through money. Um, and I think a lot of the problems in society is that people don't realise that that doesn't make you happy. Yeah. So you end up constantly trying to pursue more because you believe that, well, you just haven't got enough yet. Once you reach the, the magic point, then all the boxes will be ticked and there'll be this light bulb moment and that's it. You'll just be switched to happy. Um, yeah. I think you, you're taught that from such a young age in schools. Um, yeah. you know, you're taught it from an age where you're so impressionable. Um, that that's where kids these days, you know, that, that, that being groomed into what society tells them yeah. make them happy. And that's where you get all this kind of thing sort of stemming from, really. I, I um, find it's like the building trade, it's such a dirty term now. And I think, for me, that's part of the reason there's a skill shortage because yeah. it's a combination of schools box ticking. Look how many we've got to uni. Yeah. A, when, when you go in careers office now, I imagine they steer away from building trades because it's a dirty trade. And the, you, you, you pick probably 10 people, you know, have been to uni. Out yeah. of that 10 people, how many are actually doing something that's relatable to what they did at uni? My, my niece has got a, she's got something in fashion and she, she works in housing. Mm-hmm. Not to do with what she did at uni at all. You know, because there's jobs in it. Out of all of my friends, mate, I, I think there's two that have gone to uni and they've ended up as teachers. So yeah. they've just stayed in that cycle. But yeah. the school, um, it's like a production line, isn't it? I mean, they schools get rewarded for getting kids into school, then they get rewarded by passing them on to the universities. Um, so they've got no motivation to send kids into things like the building trades, which is a, a crying shame because I'm sure you went to school with lads much the same as I did, but academically, it, it's not for them. But you look yeah. and you think you'd actually be really good with your hands, you'd be really good with whatever. And it's another conversation I've had with my son recently where I sort of said to him, look, um, you know, if you go to school and you go to uni and you train to be, say, a, a doctor or a surgeon, you'll be in medical school, you'll go to uni, you'll then be in medical school, you're going to be in education for another, what, conservatively 12 years to reach a decent grade. And then you're going to come out and you'll get a job for the NHS if you go to the NHS and you might get paid 80 grand a year, which is a great wage. However, there's builders out there earning £100,000 a year. Yeah. That, you know, they're hitting those targets within two, three years of setting up. Um, I think there's, there's massive potential in the building trades. I really do. And the more the skills shortage goes on, I think the more potential and the more the wages and the money will be there to be earned by people who have got. Yeah. Talent at what they're doing. Hopefully, it might lower them back in. Yeah, maybe. But yeah. there is that thing, isn't there, about whether they want to get their hands dirty, whether they want to yeah. do hard look, work. Look what it did to me, Dad. His back, you've already said your back's knackered because you've been doing that floor. You all had a look at yeah. you and think, why would I want to do that when I can be a reality TV star and earn more money? <laughs> there is that uh, point yeah. to touch on that. You know, at the moment, I'm going through the process, I went through the process of. Um, getting an apprentice through the college uh, and the one thing did make me laugh they, they got me to write out like a, a job post or a job application which I did and I sent it in with all the basics of what the job would entail and the woman at the careers office emailed me back and said look we've had to put a few things on top of what you've sent us uh, to cover various things that you've missed out have a read through and let us know what you think so I had a read through and the stuff that they had added to my job advert 
was things like candidates will be expected to stand for long periods of the day. Candidate will be expected to work with their arms above head. Candidate will be expected to lift arms for long periods of the day. That's hard work, though, isn't it? (laughs) And she said, we have to put these kind of things on there now because otherwise we'll have people turn around to us and say, well, you never said you, you we, never said that soft soap to haven't we and created snowflakes yeah yeah, you know, yeah. I, I know when i had my apprentice i had to even supply blooming sun cream and not only <laughs> had to supply it i had to make sure i told him four times a day to apply it oh my i was about to wonder whether you were going to tell me you had to rub it in his back <laughs> uh, no, i had to remind him four times a day to apply sun cream Otherwise, oh. I'd, I'd be if, if he went and said I didn't, I'd be in bother. I was going to say the I worst thing is come if to? you didn't tell him, then no doubt you'd either have I don't know whoever it might be, his parents or whatever education he was coming through. Somebody would have blamed you for that. CITB, um, it's all box ticking for CITB. Yeah, yeah, well, I've just yeah. gone through the CITB registration, so but yeah, it's um, I mean that side of it's a bit of a worry, but certainly maybe the money will drive kids back into it maybe it won't i mean i've got um i said to my son only the weekend just gone i said there's a lot of pressure on you you know so what, what do you mean it's all fourth generation I said you know you, you'd be the fourth generation i said if, if you choose not to come into the business you're going to be throwing a, a three-generation family business under the wheels here <laughs> so, <laughs> you're the one that's breaking the chain letter <laughs> gonna get all the bad luck I've always had kids though, to be fair, I've had many times where I turn around and I'm not going to great, so that's not for me. Yeah. Um, I think there's always that element of wanting to push back and do your own thing and not follow your parents. But um, yeah, no regrets, mate. No regrets. Yeah. It's been, I love the trade, I really do. Um, yeah. So yeah, I've, I've got no regrets on it. So where, where do you see yourself and company in five, ten years' time then? Um, I'd like to say in the same place, yeah. um, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, we, we touched on it earlier, but the, my main concern is uh, the wear and tear on the body. That, that's yeah. the big concern for me because coming, being a third generation decorator, I've, I've seen my dad and I've seen my granddad and I've seen both of them towards the end of their careers with neck problems, back problems, shoulder problems, knee problems. Uh, my dad at the minute, when he's struggling to walk, he's waiting on um, well, he's waiting on everything at the minute because nothing's going ahead. But it's looking like he's probably going to need a hip replacement. Yeah, um, me. <laughs> um, yeah, getting into the trade at such an early age. I mean, I'm only 36 now, but I've been doing the job 20 odd years, so I've yeah. put a lot of muscles on myself from quite a young age, and I've already got arthritis in three of my knuckles. Um, so getting back to the question, where do I see myself five, ten years? Probably in the same place, but probably moving toward some sort of plan B just based on what I don't want to do. I don't want to get myself to the stage where I have to stop because I've absolute, you know, I've, my knees are gone yeah. or my back's gone. I'd rather step out prior to that. If I could work away, I don't know, some kind of become some kind of bionic painter where I knew in 10 years I could carry on at the pace I'm going. And in 10 years' time, I'll be fine. Or more to the point, when I'm 60, 70, I'll be fine. I'll yeah. keep it as a mate. You know, yeah. I've got no no need to move out of it 
for any other reason. I'm just I'm very conscious of the, the wear and tear on the body, and I don't want to stay in the trade to the point where I've run myself into Crippled, the ground. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, cause, cause yeah. I've seen it, mate. I've seen it yeah. firsthand, and it's it's not a good place. I'm, you know? I'm, I'm getting to a point. I love working outside, where I'm getting to a point where I'm going to have to think about stopping it. Uh, my shoulder, my shoulder rotator's cuff, cuff's worn on my right shoulder. My hip's worn on right hand side, and my, my knee's worn on right hand side. And so well, I come home in, in summer, and I'm in agony when I've been outside. Yeah, it, it does. It, it really does wear. I've got a feeling I've potentially got that sort of my right shoulder flares up um, probably three, four times a year. End up with tendonitis um, from trapping the tendons in the, the rotator. Um, so yeah, it's. It's definitely a worry, mate. I'm, I'm a lot more conscious of it probably for the last two years than I have been throughout my career because now, talking, I've been on my hands and knees doing this floor for the past few days. My knees are killing me. Oh, they're throbbing, man. It's, it's, it's when you get up and it, it's like your, your toes are like they're in Moroccan slippers where they're curled up on end. You, mean, you stand yeah. up and it takes a while for your toes to straighten out. That always gets me. Yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, it's a tough one. You know, it is wearing. And I guess, as for, you probably had so many people come on here and say this, but if I knew when I was younger, I would feel like now I'd have worn knee that's, pads. I'd have... That, that's my next one. If you could go back to the young Russ, Christmas Carol oh. style, what advice would you give yourself? 100%, mate. Knee pads. Every, everything I could do to put less wear and tear on my body, it would be that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think be... that's the most common one is knee pads. <laughs> It is, yeah, your knees. Um, and not only that, even stuff like uh, like the dustless sanding now, I think yeah. that takes a lot of the, the strain out of, you know, your shoulders and your elbows and things like that. Uh, I'd have got on that train a lot earlier than I did. Um, so, yeah, it, it would have been definitely being a lot more conscious. But early 20s, mate, you think you're indestructible, don't you? So people tell you yeah. about knee pads like that. I'm fine, I'm bouncing back and playing football the weekend, nothing hurts me. And yeah. then all of a sudden it hits the you. Yeah, it does. It's it's bloody awful. I, I, I still don't wear knee pads now. If it's more than one room, I'll go and get them at van. But other than that, I'm too lazy to go and get them. The time I've gone down yeah. to van, unlocked it, got them out, I could be halfway around room. Well, I've been wearing knee pads for the past three days and I'm still in agony. So yeah. what I'd have been without them, I, I don't know. But it's just. Um, Oh, the lads that work for me, I try and tell them as well about being economical with their movements. Because um, yeah. I would always say, if I'm doing a room, I'll cut in all the top. Then I'll do everything at standing level. Then I'll do everything at floor that, level. That, just that's so exactly top. how I do it. Cut in top, a foot down corner, walk round, yeah. do all edges, standing night, your window reveal, and then round bottom. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly the one, mate. Because what I don't want to be doing is kneeling and standing and kneeling and standing. Yeah, and I always go clockwise as well because it's less moves. But that comes from working on yeah, well, on, uh, on prices when you were doing council houses. If you, if you went across your face in soffit, if you're right-handed, if you went left to right, you could do it in just yeah. three shifts. If you're going right to left, it were five shifts. Which moving ladder, which it adds up. I haven't done that kind of work in a long time, but I know when um, like we're working at height regs now and the health and safety. You know, the lads that do the council houses, do they have to tie into the building before they move along? Do they have to do that? Uh, last lot I did, about 18 years ago, I think it was, I, I, I could stand to be corrected, anything above second floor, 
because this always boggled my brain. Anything above second floor, you have to like, have it tied in, with, you know, with a hilti eye bolts and tie it mm-hmm. in. I think, well, surely some bugger's got to go up with hilti gun and put it in, and they're not tied in. So how's that work? <laughs> but the reason I ask that is I know uh, the last couple, the last couple of house moves I've had when we've had Sky out to put a new dish on the building. Oh, they they're fannies. So they to say the Sky blokes listening, but the fannies. They won't put a satellite dish on my mum's bungalow because they had to put it on chimney, which was on gable up front, and it was too high for them on a bungalow. This is what I'm saying, though, Chris. They look like they're about to climb Everest. They yeah. turn up with that gear, and they have to drill in and tie in. Um, I did a my uh, SFSTS course um, probably about six years ago now. Because um, although I've been in business for 20-odd years, I've, I've dipped out a couple of times. Um, the one occasion, I worked as a contract manager for about 18 months, which was shirt and tie uh, for a company, doing a load of insurance work. Through a couple of friends of mine, that I got them into the insurance work, and they took off, and they asked me to come on full-time and, and manage, which I thought at the time, well, might be a step into management. And Long story short, I absolutely hated it, and obviously yeah. I'm back now but as part of doing that i had to do my smsds course and part of that was anyone working at height um i can't remember what height was three meters but had to tie in bolt into the wall for every shift i just thought cross you imagine doing those old council jobs where oh yeah (laughs) do that be horrendous we we used to i know when i worked with a bloke we our council houses used to have their colour scheme was black face, your white soffit. And what yeah. you used to do, if, if you're working without apprentice, if you're working one at old blocks, one would start at right, one would start at left. One would have kettle of black, one would have kettle of white. You'd work at middle, swap, and go back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, it, 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 it's anything to make it quicker and earn more money. Do you know what, Chris? The, the one I did uh, in that period I told you about, part of it, because it was all PVC windows by then on this estate, and part of the job was you had to use the PVC cleaner and clean yeah. down all the windows, or the, the white plastic. Um, and I remember, obviously, it was all exterior work, and it was peeing it down the one day. So I sat in my van waiting for the rain to pass. I looked out, and they were all still working. And what they did, the lads, the other subbies, is when it started raining, they just got their waterproofs on, got the PVC cleaner out, and went and did all the PVC cleaning because obviously the rain didn't affect it. Yeah. Um, yeah, horrendous. Mate. Yeah, it's uh, it, it were good times and bad times for me. I, I remember some shit times doing stuff like that. I remember some good times. Yeah, yeah I guess if you, if you had like a community, a few lads doing it, it would have been a laugh. I was on my own. Yeah. Um, you know, I was just in amongst the subbies and the subbies were treated like lepers because we were doing the houses twice as fast as the lads that were on the books and well, showing you, them you, you, were take, you were taking all the council work. That's because, I'll be honest, when we worked for council and subbies come in, they, we just looked at them as they're taking our work. You know, yeah. that's how we looked at it. You know, with our young kid, I didn't know the different, you know, but yeah. good. Are you, um, are you a tech person at all? Technology person? Yeah, yeah. So on top of that, yeah. Yeah, is, is there any app program that you can't live without or any other tech that you use for work? Oh, mate, uh, the one app that I can't live without is Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with you but, on that. Yeah, beyond that, I mean, using for work, um, I'm all online with my quoting and my invoicing systems now. Um, my diary is all online, so that all keeps it 
keeps it easy. If I'm honest, I've got to credit my wife on that because until I met her, um, I stayed away from it. Even social media, I didn't even have a Facebook account until I met my wife, which was uh, about four, four and a half years ago. Um, I was very anti-social media, didn't want to be on it, didn't want to know. Um, and she sort of opened my eyes because she runs her own business as well. Yeah. Um, and she thought, you're missing a trick, you need to do this, you need to do that. And she's always pushing me. She's the one that will turn around and say, I found this for you, I found that for you. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm quite into it now. But yeah, I've yeah. got to credit her for that. She certainly pushed me in that direction. And I know this one's going to be interesting. Any book recommendations? Oh, mate, where do I start? Don't, don't do have I start? to be business related. It can be just... Any book you fancy, you know, that you're quite hung up on? Yeah, um, There's a, a book called um, The Obstacle is the Way, which uh, is written by um, the the, cha- uh, the same bloke who I know you read, The Daily Stoic. Yep, I can go in there. I thought it were near. It's um, not. Holiday, is that right? Yeah, Ryan Holiday. Or Holiday. Uh, holiday, yeah. Holiday. Well, Ryan Holiday. Um really good book um i've just finished uh, listening to an audio book called how to think like a roman emperor i'm well into stoics stoicism yeah. philosophy psychology um i'm actually i'm doing a psychology degree at the moment so um always doing a bit of that mate um in fact you know that touches on my uh my, my exit strategy as it were 10 year yeah. plan um so yeah doing an open university psychology degree at the moment um but yeah i'll Love learning, mate. So I've done a lot of research into human evolutionary psychology. Uh, there's a couple of books, one called uh, know, Sapiens and Homo, Di- Homo Deus. Yeah, um, really, really, Navari, is it? It's either, it's either yeah, one. I've, it I've got them on my the, uh, order bill, but I've not got around to them yet. It's done three oh. ante. Yeah, I've, I've listened to the two, Sapiens and um, Homo Deus. Really yeah. good book. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm quite eclectic with my books, really. I read a bit of fiction as well now and again. Um, but all sorts, mate. I've studied uh, evolutionary psychology, psychology. Uh, I've done a lot of looking into Buddhism. Not that I'm religious, but... Um, do, do you know, I'm not religious, but I always said if I ever got into religion, it'd be Buddhism. So it's just so laid back. Yeah. You know, my parents are religious. It's, I'm just anti-religion. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not, I haven't had any reason to be anti-religious other than just my own sort of like thoughts. Yeah. Um, but Buddhism, it just speaks a lot of truth. It's a lot of the fact-based. I mean, when you take out the storyline underlying it and the Buddha story, yeah. um, and you look into the practices and the mindfulness and things like that, it's it's incredible. Yeah. Um, the whole, the power of the mind thing really, really interests me. So yeah. I always found... Um, what always interests me is the amount of attention that the negative power of the mind gets and is widely accepted. So in terms of everybody knows what stress can do, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, it can give you skin conditions. It can put you at risk of a heart attack. It can, it can do all these things. Um, and everyone accepts that, you know, oh, it's stress. That's fine. But the minute you start talking to somebody about having a positive mind and say the health benefits potentially of, of meditation and, mindfulness and all that kind of thing you're seen as a hippie yeah so i don't understand why it's so widely accepted that it's, it's odd because people are negative about positive possibly yeah, yeah there's, possibly. there's, you know, there's a negativity about, about people that are positive 
You know, I think it was, I'm a couple of days behind on Daily Stoic because you're supposed to start it in January. Well, I believe you do. Okay. I've, I've, I've just decided now, I read it last year, I'm just going to read it every year. Um, yeah. That one the other day, it was it was something like, just let go of the shit you can't control because stressing about it ain't going to cure it. Absolutely. You yeah, know, which, which is right. You know, it's, it ain't going to cure it. It is amazing. And all, all stress, everything comes from your own mind, doesn't it? I mean, most yeah. people who are... Um, and it's not to discount it, I mean, stress is obviously really serious, but most people that are stressed in the actual moment that they're stressed, there's nothing going on. It's yeah. just purely what is in your mind. Um, and yeah, I went through um, a marriage breakdown uh, maybe six, six, seven years ago. And that was what triggered my sort of insight into all this. Yeah. Um, because up until then, I'd always been like your typical lad. You know, nothing can affect me, nothing can bother me. I made a nails, I'm, you know, emotions yeah. just weren't a thing and then all of a sudden I went through that and suffered with anxiety uh you know having an anxiety attack was like what the hell is it yeah um it of... does that when that happens it's like what yeah yeah it, it was terrible but what it did it kind of lit uh, a fire of interest in me yeah. where I, I found it fascinating the, the physical symptoms of anxiety and stress because I, I suffered them I had them yeah. um I just found it amazing that what was going on in my brain was manifesting itself physically in my yeah. body. Um, and that was what got me started on the whole psychology track and all of that. And it's just kind of gone down a rabbit hole with it. But I, I, uh, I went on a, last year, year before I went on a stag do, brother-in-law stag do, a music, five-day music festival in Spain. Yeah. <laughs> Some stuff, yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> one of the blokes there coming back to you there <laughs> yeah what one of the blokes there i was talking to him he'd, he'd got a degree at uni and he run a engineering firm he owned it he was a director and he really let himself let his hair down not himself let his hair down on this holiday and i was chatting to him one night when we'd had a few like you do because uh, there were that uh liters of desperado you were buying over there yeah. And uh, he was saying to me, he'd lost his wife. He was pushing, I think, your early 50s. He'd lost his wife in his 40s to cancer. And he says he just yeah. went off rails, you know, left business in his other partner's hands and just went off rails two years. And he went to, went traveling. And he says he ended up in America and he became a shaman. I was like, what? He was telling me, oh, think about it, magic mushrooms a lot. You know, and you yeah. see him in the mind and all that. And I thought, Jesus Christ, that's that's a bit different from, I mean, I'd seen these local things with bloody retreats, you know, for Buddhism. But I thought that's total opposite end at scale is that, becoming a shaman sort of thing. Do you ever listen to any of the Joe Rogan podcasts? No, there's there's that many and they're that long. I've been trying to catch up on some yeah. construction ones today and I struggle because either I spend too much time talking on my phone, customer comes in, you know, and I, I keep... I, there's one I've had on today, two and three quarter hours. I think I've listened to an hour because my phone keeps yeah, that, ringing. At the moment, or if I'm working on a job on my own, I'm just audio books or podcasts all day long. Yeah. Um, and Joe Rogan, he talks a lot about the whole magic mushrooms and I think psilocybin is the, the drug in them and how enlightening it's meant yeah. to be. Well, that's why um, Indians do it, isn't it? Because it shows them the path. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's, there's a lot of research uh, pointing towards it being responsible for a lot of the early predictions as well. Yeah. You know, all these sort of hallucinogenic episodes people were having um, and being accounted for that. But yeah. 
it's interesting, mate. Like I say, the, the power of the mind is fascinating. Um, it's, I think it's really unexplored in terms of it should be educated a lot more at a base level. You know, teach that yeah. to our kids. That's going to benefit the kids. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, and getting back to the whole uni thing. And obviously, I found it earlier, like I wasn't a big advocate of going to uni. I'm not a big advocate of uni. don't know what you want to do. But like you mentioned about somebody yeah. doing a fashion degree and then ended up doing something else. It took me, um, I started this degree last year. So it took me until I was 36 to work out what subject actually interested me enough to yeah. bother studying. Um, and it's been brilliant, mate. I've, I've loved it. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I never went to, I did sixth form out of school, but I never went to college, never went to uni because I didn't have that direction and money was yeah. pulling me. Um, so, yeah, jumping back into the academia after 20 years out, was uh, it was a big leap. But you're it. about, if I remember right, I think my sister-in-law's doing the same course, and you're about a year or two behind her. And she, right. she's 44. She's doing yeah. the same thing. Yeah. She, she's, yeah she, sent, um, she sent us some questions off at kids to fill in about how it's this lockdown's affecting them and each gender, yeah. how it affects them and age groups. You know, she, she's doing it in her course, and she keeps sending them over. It plays, it's um, psychology. Everyone thinks, oh, well, you just want to be a psychologist. But there's so many directions you can go with it. I mean, it plays a massive part in marketing, advertising, um, obviously uh, uh, corporate affairs. Like A lot of companies get um, people in for mindfulness speeches and stuff like that now. So there's a lot of directions. And I'm I'm doing the general course, so I can go off in a few different directions. Um, But that's, I suppose, that kind of like my background plan I, I want to get that get the qualification possibly go on and do a master's um and then 10 15 years down the line whenever it might be i've got a plan b yeah you know, that's, I've, that's I've got, your end game exit plan maybe maybe yeah. <clears throat> i'd say what it is at the moment it's my parachute yeah because it's it, it's the thing that's going to potentially be there when i go right i can't do this no more you know i'm getting to the stage where I'm, you know, walking like a 50-year-old. I've, I've leapt out at playing Ant even go parachute on. <laughs> <laughs> it's go till I drop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, I know so many people. I know so many people that did it. I mean, my dad, my dad's one of them. He's um, 65, 66 now. Um, and he, he's still decorating, like he's still having to decorate out of necessity, but it's a struggle. Um it's kind of been, I suppose, partially a bit of the influence on me thinking I need to do it's something. Sorted. Yeah, uh, just in case. Because, yeah, I guess I don't want to be in that similar position. Um, I mean, don't, if I could guarantee my joint, um, I wouldn't even be looking elsewhere. You know, I'm quite happy yeah. doing what I'm doing. I'm not trying to get out of it because I don't like the trade or anything like that. It's, yeah. it's just fully um, being conscious of my own limitations physically. So what's what's best advice you could give for selling yourself that sets you apart from others? Um, sets me apart from others. You you you're going to look at a job, and you're pricing up. I mean, it, it doesn't always happen because it depends what how many you've got in the area. But say you're pricing up against three others. Mm. Best advice you can give that sets you apart from them three others that are saying, "Yeah, we'll do the best job for you, and we'll do it for this price." Uh, I guess in in that circumstance, 
I would just rather than worry about what the other people are doing, I'd sell myself. Um, yeah. And in terms of that, it's having a good portfolio of work behind me. Obviously, the dustless sanding, the spraying, whether it's relevant to the job, you know, those are things that kind of set, you, set yourself aside a little bit. Um, and I know I've listened to a few of your podcasts and you say that everyone around where you does dustless sanding. Um, yeah. Ramble and me, funnily enough, there isn't a lot of it. It still seems to be a relatively new thing. You know, customers are surprised to see it. Um, so that's still a bit of a selling point around my area. Um, yeah. But yeah, I guess uh, to sound a bit arrogant, <laughs> um, I, I don't really worry about that stuff anymore. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm well established. Uh, I've got a good portfolio behind me, and I know that. I, 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 know th- I think once you, once you've got into a habit. And you have a set, a set plan of it's it's not so much a plan, but when you know your job and you're comfortable in your job and you go and look at a job, it's it's not cocky. It's it's just I mean, I'm not the world's most confident person, but I think when you know your job, you've got an interest in it and you go to a job, you don't worry about that because you're enthusiastic and it just comes natural. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, the the term for it is exuding confidence, isn't it? Yeah. You, you don't have to look cocky, but you you have an aura about you that shows that you know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm always quite thorough when I go out to folk as well, so I'll run through all the various options of what materials I can offer, um, what paint finishes they want, what the process is going to be. And a lot of the time, just running through that in detail is enough to demonstrate you know what you're talking about as opposed to your, uh, what was it, Wobbly Bob? Yeah, as yeah, opposed to the bobs, yeah, what ones that are claiming disability but working out at boot at car. This is it. I mean, that, that's that where the term it. come from because they're wobbled out road with a fake with a stick. <laughs> I've I've seen them in, I've seen them in pub, and mother half seen it as well because she used to work in in well not somewhere she used to work somewhere and uh, they'd be sat there from when it opened at eleven o'clock with the sticks or sticks as other term we have for them. They'd be all sat around table putting well track with sticks, get up, get halfway up road and then think, shit, I forgot my walking stick and come back for it. <laughs> That's yeah. it. They'd be know, in Dave's house for cash in hand. For yeah. But they're going to walk in and go, oh, 200 quid for your lounge, love. You know, yeah. that's what they're going to come out with. So, yeah, um, I don't, like I say, I don't tend to concern myself too much for the competition yeah. anymore. Um, you know, I'm fortunate that I've got a long enough waiting list. Um, and maybe I'd be different if I was down to working a couple of weeks in advance of myself. I'm sure I would yeah. be feeling pressure a bit more. But there's definitely comfort in the knowledge when I'm going out quoting, knowing that I've got however many months, whether it's three, four, five, six, seven, eight months ahead of me. Um, yeah. There's definitely comfort in that when you go out quoting because without sounding flippant, um, you don't need the work. Um, yeah, not you're, you're not as hungry time. for it, are you? Um, you're, I don't know. Uh, not as cutthroat because you know you're comfortable because you've got six months in advance. Yeah, well, I, I think with me, um, luckily I haven't had to be cutthroat in a long time. It's not really something I consider doing. Um, I just go out there, I quote it where I want to quote it. Um, and generally, if I'm quoting that far in advance, I'm also putting my prices up. I've, um, I've just done man this week. I've just done three. Uh, just put my hourly rate up on them. Do you know what, mate? Um, it's it's a bit of a business plan kind of thing. Um, but I look at four months. So four months is my that's my comfort, that's my safety barrier, that that's my little bubble yeah. that, um, that I need. In above four months, 
I'll look at inflating my rate to accommodate the, the demand. Yeah. Um, at the moment, I'll certainly there's more demand for me than there is me demanding the work. See, that, uh, that's, that's my plan to when a lot want to grow and get bigger, I want to grow where the demand outweighs the supply. I yeah. can drive my price up, which I've just done again. And yeah. it's, it's like little steps. Keep driving my price up, and then I can do cherry pick the work I want to do for the best price. Yeah, well, this is price what, I can get for myself. Yeah, exactly, mate. I, th- I think that's got to be the target for anyone, really. Um, yeah. Now, having a full diary shouldn't be the target. Yeah. Uh, just, just having a, a fully booked, you could be booked up for two years in advance, but if you're getting paid, you know. 50% less than the next man. Um, yeah. it's, it's, for, for me, it's been busy doing the work you want to do at the rate yeah. you want to charge. Absolutely, mate. I mean, touching back on books, um, there's a book called The Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. Um, and it, it's not really angled at our industry, but the concepts are there. Um, and he talks a lot about your, your time versus your wage ratio. Yeah. Um, and I, um, I mentioned this to you uh, when I first spoke to you on the first telephone call. Um, and there's the concept that if you if you put your prices up by 20%, yet you lose 20% of your work, you're still better off because you're getting yeah. the same money, but you're doing it in four days now rather than five. Yeah. Um, that's what a lot of people seem to get scared of, scared of putting their prices up. They want to keep getting all the work, where in reality, if you can win less work but at a better rate, you're, yeah. you, you are better off. You know, me then, for then you get a, a better family work-life balance because you're getting that time at home. Well, plus, I'd love to work three, four days a week and still get paid what I work in a week. I really would. Yeah. My price is up in the past with the intention of trying to claw some time back. And then I keep getting the jobs accepted. even <laughs> And I'm still just as busy as I ever well, was. I suppose so. that's one of pluses of being a skill shortage because there ain't as many around. Absolutely, mate, yeah. Um, it's there's not as many around and uh again i can only speak for the people that i know around me but a lot of the lads because i know i've got a good as I say growing up in a family of decorators you get to know a lot of other decorators and a lot yeah. of the other decorators in my local area that have been going for 20 30 years similar to me um you know some of most of them they still don't even use social media you know they're, yeah. not, on, they're not on instagram they don't bother with any of that you know they'd probably still be advertising in the yellow pages if it was around that that's um, a bit like where i am now yeah, so yeah i think it's i read a quote uh a while back and it was this might not be exactly what it was but it was similar and it was it's not the strongest that survive it's those that adapt the fastest yeah um and that's it you, you have to stay on top of things you know if something is working um and again well, that, well that's that's more prevalent now in this covid situation the ones that have pivoted and basically pivoted and swapped the company around now even from like for me the local pubs they're doing takeaways sunday dinners you know they pivoted quick and they're surviving whereas the ones that took too long well well that's why that's why um i think he's gone anti top man all all them gone Um, and a lot of the big companies because there was a report on them saying they were so slow to get on board with uh, not social media online selling that yeah. they got left behind you know just retailers they're absolutely flying um yeah. and it is it's about adapting it's about staying on top of things and keeping on top of trends and um i was guilty um 
I've been guilty of being stuck in my ways. I'd say out of being in the decorating trade 20 years, I've evolved more in the last five years than I have in the first 15. Yeah. Do you find it's, this is leading on to my next one, where you see the trade heading, do you find it's the the changes within it are, are more rapid now than there was, say, maybe 15, 20 years ago? Um, I don't know whether the changes are more rapid or whether we can see them more. Yeah. Um, or the, again, the decorators are more educated and hungry yeah. for knowledge. And, they and are. To better themselves. And I do think the trade's coming on a lot. And to answer your question, you know, moving forward, I think there's going to be a lot more spraying. Um, I, I think it will probably progress a bit more that way. I'm not sure about domestic work when people are living in the properties. Um, yeah. Certainly, I think um, your new build will all start being sprayed out from scratch. Yeah. Um, so I think that'll head that way. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of the, the trade coming on a lot, um, I think social media, again, has got a lot to blame and it gives you a slight false perception on things because you log on to Instagram and, uh, and Facebook and the rest of it and the decorators with, say, the most followers are turning out, by and large, the higher quality work um, and it's getting publicised a lot. You know, you can, I can see your work and you're in a part of the country where 10 years ago I'd never known of you. Yeah. Um, I can see pick decorators work from all across the country. And uh, Instagram's a highlight reel, isn't it? You're not posting. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't be posting shit work. Um, <laughs> by and large, it's a highlight reel. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think the information is just a lot more available. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, it's a big place, the UK. It's got a lot of room for a lot of decorators. And um, you're only seeing a snapshot on there. But yeah. everyone on Instagram... I think it's great. You know, Instagram was a great move for me. Um, I've certainly raised my game. I look at lads on there and it's, it's 100% it's made me raise my game. Yeah. Um, in fact, I'd probably say Instagram was what got me into Dustly Sander. Um, yeah. But because prior to being on those platforms, you just didn't know. I mean, yeah. you go to your trade center and they push something for a little bit, but you're always dubious about making big investment. Um, so, yeah, I think... It has come on a long way, but I also think that social media has come on a long way and it just makes everyone a lot more aware. It's, it's, made, it a, it's made it a smaller world, hasn't it? In a, in a yeah, place. definitely. But there's still, the old school ones are still carrying on as they always did, oblivious of, of what's going on. Yeah. Um, and as I say, in, in my area, and I look around and I look at my competition locally, there's still not that many with just the standards and there's not that many that are spraying. The sprayers tend to be quite specialised. They'll, they'll just do spraying. Um, there aren't that many crossover decorators. There are a few, but again, we're talking about a really big area. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think moving forward, I think there'll be a lot more spraying. Um, and hopefully, you know, I'm hopeful. I think that if the more exposure the industry can get, the higher the levels can get, it will get. Well, that's, recognize. that's one of the old points of this podcast to highlight the trade and get exactly. us to the top like they are in Europe because here I saw it on a on a Facebook group the other day for a power tool Facebook group and it's all I'm racking back a decorator I'm racking back back in my van out and one at trade straight away from a chippy was mm. just as long as you've got enough hooks for your can uh, plastic bags full of special bro 
I just thought, fucking bellend. I could have replied to that and said, as long as you've got plenty of room for your court costs, Joyner just says, oh, decorate will sort you that. It'll be a fill love. Yeah. You know, and I just thought, that's just their general opinion of decorators, isn't it? You know, if you can piece of paint, it all boils that, that back down to that. We'll struggle to shape that, certainly in the next decade. You know, maybe the new generation, um, maybe the kids coming into it, if they are coming into it, into Hopefully. those other yeah. We'll have a bit more respect. I mean, yeah. I personally, I feel that I am now getting more respect from people like Carpets and St. Joiners. Yeah. Um, a lot of the lads that we're doing work for with some of the bespoke furniture that we're spraying off, like the MDF units and that, um, you know, the chippies can't speak highly enough of us yeah. because they know that we're going in and making their work look, you know, the dogs. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it can only be a good thing, mate. I'm all for raising people up. Yeah, um, raise, raising the bar. Absolutely, mate. Raise yeah. the whole industry, you know, raise What's, it as high as possible because we'll pull everyone up with us. I'd, I'd probably no answer to this because it's probably the same as what mine was when I did my own podcast when they turned tables on me. What's your best investment work-wise? <laughs> <laughs> I only know yeah, because you, it were mentioned earlier, pre-record. Uh, yeah, you already know the answer, mate. It's, it's non-materially, mate, all day long. All day yeah. Long. Um, knowledge, never stop learning, never be arrogant enough to think that you know it all. Um, and admittedly, I've, I've probably had times where I've, I've been in that position. Um, certainly while I was living a more enclosed life, like I said earlier, when I wasn't looking at the social media element of things and I was living in a smaller decorating community of people I knew and I'd look around and I would, I'd, I'd think, yeah, I'm better. And then you open your eyes to things like... You, you, you know, thought you were like, Billy Big Bollocks till you go on social media thought, shit, I'm way yeah. behind. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, mate, I did. Yeah. Um, all it's done, though, is rather than sort of shrivel back, I've, I've looked and I've thought, right, OK, OK, there's, there's more levels here. Yeah. Um, it's been brilliant, mate. It's been the best thing for me. I'll, I'll look at some of the lads' work and I think, yeah, you, you know, you, you're heading shoulders above me. I need to get there. Yeah. Um, it's not so, that you, you can't do it. It's the fact that you... You're pushing yourself to do it because we're elevating each other to get there. Yeah, I, exactly. I want to do stuff like that. I want to do stuff like that. That's it, mate. You, you look at people's finishes and you think, that's brilliant. Like, I want mine to look like that. And they elevate yeah. it. I mean, in terms of tools, uh, the best thing I've invested in was definitely the dust something yeah. for me. Um, you know, that, that was an absolute game changer because not only for sort of uh, ease of use physically, um, but the, the levels that you can do. I mean, I used to obviously do all hand sanding and prep work. Um, yeah. And, I, you know, my prep, my prep side of the game was always, always like paramount. Um, but I look back now at some of the jobs that I'd done prior to having dusty sanding, and I think I could have done that so much better. It would yeah. have been so much better with a dusty sander. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was definitely the best investment on tools always. Yeah. Yeah, knowledge, mate, you can't you can't put a value on knowledge. It's um absolutely priceless. Just just coming up to the last few now. Don't know if you'll remember this. Room one oh one. You ever remember that T V program? I do remember Room One Oh One, mate, yeah. Three go on then three things you'd bin. Don't have to be decorating related, just three things you'd send out conveyor belt into bin. Oh doesn't have to be decorator related. No. <laughs> that's opened up a whole world mate isn't it? I'll, I'll try and keep it as relevant as possible um, the first thing mate and I know that they're integral to carpet fitters ripper rods <laughs> devil spawn <laughs> oh, 
my toes and my knuckles. Jesus Christ, the amount of the amount of casualties I've had with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you you've cut the two inch around a carpet that's being replaced and you're painting the bottom of skirting yeah. boards and it's having your knuckles away every time. Um, absolutely hate them. I know that they're needed, mate, but it's not my problem. They can invent something else to do that with. Um, beyond that, Christ, uh, what else? What else can I chuck into room one oh one? By and large, mate, plasterers. Plasterers can go into room 101. <laughs> um, and it's just purely, mate, I, I remember, because I've, I've been in the trade a few years, they used to be so much better. You yeah. know, I really do think it's an industry where their, their standards have been allowed to slip. I mean, industry standard used to be two coats of skin. Now it's one. I, um, I read somewhere the other day, I don't know how true it was, that it's something to do with the lack of ingredient in the plaster that don't make it as good. Whether that's bollocks or not, I'll put blunt, I don't know. Now, like I said, the old school plasterers I knew always used to put two skims on. Yeah. And they'd polished it up sometimes to the degree where it was so shiny, your first coat of paint would have just skid on it. Yeah, just skid across yeah. it, your roller. But the finish was amazing. Um, yeah. I, can't, I can't remember the last time I saw one like that. And I know now... Nine out of ten plasterers, they're using one coat of skim and they're using them big plastic trowels. Speed skim. Um, yeah, that it, it's just and to have a trade where you can get away with saying, "Well, yeah, that's just how we do it now," and the decorator will fix we'll sort it. Sort it out with a bit of filler. <laughs> well, it's not a bit of filler though, is it? It's a ten kilo. I, I, I went to one. Oh, first week in December. Uh, I think they had a pants down anyway. This woman should add room about 16 foot square she's that damp proof coursing done four and a half grand but damp proof coursing in put new skating boards on and she was like oh they've made a brilliant job at plaster you ought to see him shit the pants when you turn up with a sprayer it just highlights everything and she says oh they've done such a good job miscoated it got sander out and she's like oh i didn't know you sand it. it's new plaster i said see everywhere where it's bare i says that's where it's shit because you could yeah. speak you could speak freely with her I said, it's like your wall's got cellulite. I yeah. said, all them dimples all over the wall. I said, it's crap. I said, it's not level. And it's then, those trowels, though, isn't it? I think yeah. that will put waves in it. And then once we could see on chimney breath, there were like a, an arced wave across it where it'd gone across it. Mm. And, and eventually, when I got paint on, uh, I filled it out best I could. And I thought, I ain't doing any more. You know, so I, I did, you know, what I could for the quality of what she was paying. And she got plaster her back in then to redo it. And they were like, they were like what's your problem? I said, I said, it ain't great. I said, shine a light across that. And they didn't like it because I had festival light on it. That's yeah. another thing they don't like. Blood light oh, mate, there's, there's many things, but I, I don't know. It just it really bothers me that there's a trade out there that can get away with saying, well, we can do our job so badly that you have to fix it. And that's okay. That's accepted. Yeah. You know, but Christ, can you imagine? I mean, who do we turn to? Yeah. You know, I used to have one knock on effect in it. Yeah, I I used to have really good plaster and he emigrated. He went to Australia. So, um, yeah, and ever since then, um, I mean, I'm sure there's some out there, but I don't know where they're hiding. They're like rocking our shit. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, The last thing, mate, it might be um, what seemed like a minor one. I just personally hate using the things. Scaffold towers, hate them. Yeah. Ladder or give me scaffolding, but then portable mobile scaffold towers. Oh, you're I not going them. with them. No, 
Or <laughs> indoors, whatever. I just don't like them at all. I'd rather go up a rickety ladder. I don't know what it is. I, just, I don't like the way they move. I don't like the way I have to climb through. It's, it's when they're worn a bit in this sway, I'm not over keen on it. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think all of the ones I've been up have swayed. Um, and them hatches, you know, the ones that you have to put your finger in and pull They're never little. big enough to get through, are they? Nah, not with a tin of paint in your hand. Um, <laughs> then I'm forever I'm forever paranoid I'm going to do a, a Dow Boy and just drop through the thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, mate, I, don't, I hate them towers. Uh, they're, yeah, get rid of them. Or yeah. a scaffold, it will use a ladder, nowhere in between. And uh, what, what are your hobbies outside of work? Um... Well, it's hard now, isn't it? Because not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Sat- yeah, non, non-pandemic. Um, I'd say uh, back in my day, it used to be football. I used to play a lot of football, but again, age and injuries and stuff like that. So um, training, really, gym. So I'll hit the gym when I can. It's a great bit of mind space for me. Yeah. I tend to find that switch off for an hour, you know, go and throw i don't do a lot of cardio I tend to throw a load of weights around i'll just spend an hour and it, it just um it, it just zeroes the clock for me i'll, I'll just switch off for an hour yeah. um which uh that's it sounds even after a hard day's work it's, it's different it's different a different physical See, I, I, I prefer in the morning and after work i just couldn't be asked i used to go in the morning oh uh, no straight after work yeah. if i go home i'm never going back out yeah. If I go on the way home, I'm fine. Um, so, yeah, training and, and education, mate. Man, that makes me sound like a right boring kid. Yeah, yeah I, I love it, mate. love learning. Um, but, you know, just uh, reading up on various topics. It's, uh, it's a, a big um, passion of mine these days. Yeah. But, yeah, like I say, mate, I, I quit playing football. I played football all the way up till, from eight years old till I was 30. Um, then tried cycling for a bit. And uh, <laughs> both of them are gone out the window. <laughs> what road bike or mountain bike road bike yeah we used yeah. to do something distance on road bikes we um a group of mates of mine we all knocked playing sunday league football on the head around about the same time it was about half a dozen of us went and spent decent money um and i went and bought um are you into your biking no I, I used to do a bit of bmxing when i was younger uh and then i, I do more leisurely now, a bit of mountain biking, but we we we've got a few that's joined up road from me, Tony. I, I take piss out in mammals, middle aged men in lycra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was one of them. <laughs> all, we, we've got a low because I live on coast. We've got a load of back lanes, and they all ride to abreast. Oh my, yeah. That's what that'd be one of my probably another what one of my number ten in my room one hundred and one. Cyclists that ride to abreast on a country lane. Do you know what, Chris? I'm a massive hypocrite because I used to do it and then I'd be pissed off at the people that I'd see out doing it as well. So, Oh, we, we've been round greats at Side at Road. That irritates me when they do that. Some all of a sudden, they'll injuries. just weave out and I just think, oh, fuck Trust me, mate. If, if you've ever ridden a road bike at a high speed, you'll understand why you swerve those drains. Seat, like, seat like a razor blade. <laughs> I just remember that advert from years ago. Wheel's only about 10, 15 mil, mil thick. So if you hit anything, you, you're gone. Yeah. And 20, See, that, 30, that's why I like a mountain bike. It's a bit more comfort because it wide tires. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, yeah, we got into that. And I used to do some decent distances. We did a few charity rides that were 100K and 75K and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, for a couple of years, I guess. Um, and then two of my mates started having kids and I moved out of the area and it, 
uh, my bike's been sat in the garage ever since I met my wife a couple of years ago, I'll get back out on it one day. <laughs> yeah, one day. It's just collecting dust at the moment. Absolutely, mate. And the odds are I'll probably never will go out on it again. But uh, <laughs> yeah, admitting to it is another thing, though, isn't it? Resigning. Yeah. It's, it's like that expensive running machine in spare room that's an expensive clo- clothes horse. I've got <laughs> one of them as well, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I've got, I've got I was a cross trader years ago. <laughs> Although I must admit, I do get on it now and again, but it does get a bit of use. I bought that. We went to Vegas um, just before the lockdown, actually. The lockdown in March, we were in Vegas in the October. Uh, we bought the treadmill then to get a, get a bit in a bit better shape for that. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm at that at the moment because it's all up in air weather going on holiday in July, and I'm on TRX in the morning. Yeah, oh, that's good. Work. Yeah, that, that's, it's, I tell you what, it works wonders for shoulder. Yeah, you know, build, yeah. building strength back up in shoulders. That's pretty good. I'll be, I'll tell you what I'll be looking at tonight. I was on a Facebook group and somebody mentioned uh, cross ropes. Like, what? Mm. Weighted skipping ropes. Okay. They're, they're like half a pound or a pound. And it's the yeah, weight that does that's the resistance. Yeah. It, works, it works more muscles. 180 quid. <laughs> Weighted skipping rope. <laughs> This equipment at the minute is insane, though, isn't it? Uh, they're yeah. completely profiting on the gyms being shut. But interesting you should say that because a few people have said to me, oh, you know, you get a few aches and pains. Stop going to the gym. You do a physical job. I was like, no, I feel 10 times better when I'm yeah. training at the gym physically than I do when I'm not. That, that's, the- that's what I was like when I was doing gym up until lockdown. It's I come home and I'd, I'd been gym before work because I'd go before and I'd mm-hmm. ache. But it's a different ache to what I'd ache if I didn't go to gym because they did me a program that strengthened the muscles around my hip, around my shoulder. Yeah. You know, and that's There really is. Um, certainly, again, in. It's a mind of- thing with the serotonin as well, isn't it? Giving that pumping. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah I, I feel much more awake if I do the workout before I go to work. I feel a bit more boosted, ready for the day. I don't think I've ever been to the gym and walked out of there thinking, I wish I'd never come. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just going there. That's, it's there. like me in the morning. I was up at what? Five past five this morning. Start, started at quarter past five. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm on the other end of the day, mate. The mornings, I'm like, I'll, I'll drag out that alarm clock until the absolute. I'll, I'll look at where I'm working and think, right, okay, that's going to take me half an hour or an hour. And I'll work out my alarm clock accordingly to give myself the minimum oh, amount. Man, same time, five o'clock every morning. Oh no, no. No matter where I'm working. Unless unless I'm miles away and have to set off at stupid o'clock if it's if I'm working away. But other than that, five o'clock every morning, up exercise, walk dog, come in here for a coffee, do a bit on social media or do a bit of paperwork, off to work. Mind you, I, I suppose the thing is you've uh, you're coming home to your kids, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, that, that hour in the morning to me is worth two hours at night because I'd get more yeah. time. You know, it's of course. I mean, like I said, unfortunately, my kids don't live with me full time. So most of the time I'm coming home and it's just me and my wife and she runs her own business. So she works, you know, long hours and she owns a, a salon. So she yeah. tends to do some late nights and all the rest of it. So I don't have that constraint to come back to, um, which uh, don't get me wrong, I'd rather have it the other way around. But yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, I always get a choice in it, dear. So. Going- uh, Going back to the social media, where can we find you online? 
you can find me uh instagram facebook uh rdp painters and decorators search that or you will uh stumble across me at some point yeah. and on the other side on the flip side are you because you're a fan of being steve already said are you are you loving on insta at the moment Oh mate, you're gonna make me upset people here. No, nah, this um, is why you should have you should have said yes to notes because you'd have had a bloody list ready. If you miss about yeah, now, no, they'll, they'll be messaging you. Oh yeah, hundred percent, mate. So I'll just I'll, I'll, after this comes out, I'll just have a whole list of about thirty people unfollow. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, mate? I'm I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be diplomatic in that extent. Um, I follow loads of lad, uh, lads and girls. Um, and there's some amazing work, amazing quality of work. Um, so I'm not really going. I'm not going to single anyone out. Um, you know, it, there's political answer. Too many. <laughs> to be honest, Chris, there's probably I don't know, 30, 40, 50 maybe work that I look at, respect, give me ideas. Um, the one people, the one person I would mention, um, and this is purely one of them things that I look at and think, how do I do that? How do I get to that level? Um, is ZK. And that the yeah. fine paints of Europe and those high gloss finishes, mate, they are yeah. they're they're like special. There, there, there's a, there seems to be a, a few doing it over there now, don't they? Do you follow Shoreline? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I saw something. He, he does similar, and then there's another one. Who's was the uh, it's, I think it's Sheldon. One I, I followed does similar. He did one like uh, it was almost like Far and Ball sulking room pink front door and painted with fine paints Europe. Jesus, you're like a piece of glass. Yeah, those paints, mate. I mean, how do we get them? They're um, that it's just amazing. Those high gloss ceilings that they do. Three, uh, I spoke to somebody other week who's looked at it, doing it over here. Three grand to get the paint here. What? To do a ceiling? Yeah. Yeah, they call it fine paints of Europe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, yeah, it's all the ZK ones where they did uh, a bathroom. I don't know. Or downstairs, it looked like a downstairs toilet. I think the um, last one I saw it was the one where it was all black. Yeah, it made it looked amazing. Yeah. amazing. And that's one of those where I look at that and I think, yeah, that yeah, that's, that's well above well above where I'm at. I, I don't um, know if I'd have the patience for it. I'd I'd end up throwing Sandra across room, spitting yeah, spitting gummy out. It's time consuming, isn't it? But I guess it's a niche. It's a niche in the market. And if yeah, I mean they gain handsomely paid for it, but I still don't know whether that'd sway me. But the kitchens have had enough. <laughs> yeah, they've done some of the some of the high gloss furniture as well, haven't they? That looks absolutely incredible. Yeah, but yeah so I think there's a lot of guys and girls in the UK that are absolutely smashing it. To be fair, um, you know, it, it's great to see, and I like seeing it at all stages as well. You know, it's yeah. not just people that are right at the top. I like to see the ones that are starting out. You know, it's yeah, great I mean, in. I've I've been what done the Facebook group for about eight years. Must be been on Instagram. And I've known ones that have been employed, gone on their own, and mm-hmm. you can just see them going from strength to strength. I, there's a couple I know. I can remember them getting the first sprayer, and now the stuff yeah. they've, they've passed me. You know, the stuff they're doing, they're way past me, doing furniture, kitchen, churning them out one after other. They think they've gone from that zero to hero in such a short space of time, but just because they're nailing it, you know, and yeah, yeah. on it. It's brilliant, though, and I think, you know, social media does give you that kind of growth and that reach as well. Once you start um, finding success on there, it can, uh, you, you can, you can go from zero to hero, not overnight, but very close to, um, yeah. you start gaining a bit of traction. So, yeah. um, you know, getting that right is a huge part of business these days. Um, 
but yeah there's there's loads of top quality decorators out there to to look at um again i'm, I'm thankful for the other ones as well <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, before with the um the whole pyramid system you need people at the bottom to prop up everyone has a place if, if they're happy what they're earning everyone has a place absolutely they do it's, mate. it's finding your own place in it and targeting yeah, it is. It. it's um it's the ones that step out or try and uh step into you know step out of their lane i don't know what I'm saying because everyone should have ambition to do so but the ones that yeah do, it's, it's, there's, there's a difference in the, we all want to elevate ourselves and get up to the next level and there's no to stop you yeah but it's the ones that are clearly haven't got a clue I'm not, say, I'm not saying I'm the world's best, you know. It's like me trying to compete with the case brace, you know. Yeah. I know I'm never going to get there. I've no interest in getting there, so I wouldn't even attempt it. But I think to do that, though, you've got to focus on such a, a narrow demographic, haven't you? Like yeah. um, the stuff that ZK are doing, they're very, very good at that specific thing. Yeah. Um, like me personally, I, I'm, a, I'm a painter, number one. I do spraying. I do floor refurb. I do restoration work. I do such a broad yeah. sort of like umbrella of what I do. I'm never going to focus on one thing that much. It's, it's, it, I mean, a, a lot of the Americans, they, they find a, a niche or a niche, as we say. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, th- they just find a niche and get right into it, don't they, and dial it in, as they say, as well. You know, and we, we, we just do majority of a lot of stuff. Yeah, exactly. But papering the one for me. That's the one where, you know, if you can't paper, leave it alone. Just don't don't try it. Don't try and blag it. Um, I did one. I don't know if you saw my post, actually. Have you seen that mural? I've hung two of them there. Where it carried on through Archway? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So one through the Archway. I did um, a room. I actually had a designer bring me up uh, emergency phone call. Um, there was a, another room, a playroom um, on another property, lovely big house. And she'd asked me to do it. I wasn't available. I was too booked up. So she'd got, she'd rung the Jewel Decorator Centre to ask for a reputable decorator and had took their recommendation. Um, when obviously, you know, Jewel Decorator Centre, they've never seen the blokes work. You might buy paint. In, in strolls, wobbly bob. Exactly, exactly. Um, <laughs> One strap <and> chaps. But <laughs> uh, he'd gone in and made this paper. We're talking maybe a 30 square meter wall space room and the wallpaper was just under a grand. Yeah. Um, he'd gone in, put two walls up and then said to the customer, he couldn't do it and walked off the job. Um, the designer initially rung me and said, look, I think I just need you to finish the two walls. He's left the two walls with the bay windows in. I think the bay windows have just scared him off. Um, and when I actually looked at him, I, I mean, Jesus Christ, where do I start? He did, the first drop he'd put up on the slant and by the time it got to the corner, it was a mural. So obviously you can't get any drop wrong. And he'd started, there was 11 centimetres top and bottom of waste. So yeah. two centimetres total wasted to play with. So it was, there was a good bit of room for error. Uh, it started at the very top of the picture, the very, very top. So, and he'd gone on the slant. So by the time he hit the first corner, he was about, I don't know, maybe four or five centimetres below the ceiling line. And he just tried to pass it off and then take it from the corner. Your then ceiling's out, love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a new build. Your ceilings are wrong. Um, yeah. Anyway, it, it all had to come down, be resupplied and redone. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, that, that's one that bugs me a little bit. 
to be honest, with yeah. paper. If, um, you know, if you can do it, you can. If you can't, you can't. So there's a there's a difference between painters and, and decorators in that respect. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree with you on that. Brilliant. Well, it's, <laughs> been, um, it's been great to have you on. Pleasure, Chris. <laughs> yeah, been a good one. It's been a long one, but it's a good one. What time are we on now? Has it been a while? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's quarter past ten. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cheers. Um, well, that's all we have time for in this week's episode. I hope you enjoy listening to him as much as I do. Now, if you'd like to show your support, you can do it in various ways. You can click on the Buy Me A Coffee link in the show notes, leave us a review on iTunes, hashtag Bobcast on Insta, and share us with your friends. You can also reach out to us on the usual channels, which again can be found in the show notes, as we do always appreciate your feedback. And if you ever fancy taking part, then simply just contact us. Thanks for listening. See you next time.